Hello, and welcome to another podcast from Q Longevity. I am Dr. David Cortell, and with Dr. Evan Queller, we have put together for you a program that helps you improve your overall health. We know that diet, rest, exercise, mental attitude, structural health, alignment, movement, all of these add up to good, healthy living, improved longevity, weight loss, looking better and feeling better. Today's podcast is specifically designed to help you make those changes. All right, I just hit record and we'll, conti- we'll continue to talk. Okay. So we were talking just a little bit before about um, how, you know, processed versus unprocessed. And you used a pretty good example about the ice. And you were saying how processed foods might not seem processed, but sometimes are because there are subtle changes that make a difference. You said, you said people always ask me, what is processed, what's not processed? And I said that, well, we're going to be teaching them some basic concepts of what is whole food plant-based nutrition. Uh, we're going to be talking about topics of caloric density. We're talking about green light foods. Mm-hmm. So I was just saying processed versus unprocessed. Is just the, process, the unprocessed foods are the ones that are the green light foods, the whole plant foods where nothing good was taken out, nothing bad was added in. It's a plant. It wasn't made in a plant. And I say, and I was just telling you that the idea of everyone knows what a food processor is. People are trying to wrap their heads around a, what does it mean to process? Well, when we choose things, we're processing it. When you put it in a food processor, you take, you take steel cut oats or whole, or whole grain oats and uh, you put them in a food processor and you turn it into a flour. It changes. It's been processed. It changes the, the mechanical uh, material. Right? It's, and it has a different interaction in our body. So just like if you put diesel fuel or super unleaded, it's just going to respond differently into a car. So if you take, if you take a potato and then turn it into a potato chip, it's going to have a different interaction with our body. And so I was just use the example of like surface area. So you take a block of ice and you throw it onto a driveway, it's going to melt very slowly. But if you take that ice and chop it up into like a snow cone, and put it in a bucket and throw it in the, onto the driveway, it's going to melt very quickly, which is right. kind of what happens when you, if you always to take an apple and then take all the fiber out of it and change the surface area of it where it's just distilled down to juice. Right. Right. And I consume just the juice. It's going to, I'm going to consume it more quickly and it's going to readily absorb into my system. The, the, it, it there's that much more surface area exposed to it. Right. So that's where they kind of talk about the idea of like, uh, it's not so much what you eat or what calories you put into your body, but what you actually absorb. You take a peanut and you chew on a peanut. Um, you're going to not, your enzymes aren't going to be able to break down that peanut to get to all the components of that peanut. But you're going to be pooping out little peanut, chunks and not. Right. But if you take that peanut and pulverize it and turn it into a butter, then there's that much more surface area exposure and your body could absorb more of it. So in essence, if you're eating peanuts, you're eating fewer calories. You're liberating fewer calories versus eating the peanut butter. Right. And the the thing is, is that you've taken this food. And the speed of delivery. Yeah, you've taken this food. And that's exactly what drug addicts have done and drug dealers have done. They're like, oh, well, we've, you know, we have... 
the, the cocoa plant and we turn it into cocaine and then they're like we can turn it into crack <laughs> combine right. this and turn it into crack and that's essentially what's been done with food to a certain degree so sugar cane is turned into crack in the form of coca-cola and this, and and that's and and unfortunately you know the the poison is in the dose but yeah. that's essentially what's happened is that you have these synthetic food-like products where it creates where we have this it's a social norm to have this addiction and affinity to this food um right. and and it's just it's culturally justified and, and normal and um we feel like the king in in a village that doesn't have access to the water that that all the villagers have and and so everyone else is is consuming this food and it's hyper palatable but it's but it's causing people to get sick it's causing people harm and and uh, it's causing harm to the planet it's causing harm to the whole healthcare system and people right. are suffering and dying and and um, and my father is dying, you know, and and people are sick from it, and yeah. just hard to wrap your head around. Well, what am I supposed to do? People aren't familiar with with different approaches to eating food. It's just not the norm. So when you say hyper palatable, this is something that um, I I feel on a regular basis. It's like, well, I just don't like that, or I don't want that, or. Um, I'm not satisfied by that. And uh, you know, a big pushback is, well, I don't want to give up my foods. I don't want to stop eating my foods. You, uh, can't, you can lead someone to healthy, but you can't make them eat. You know, you can't right. make someone, someone doesn't want to quit alcohol or doesn't want to not be a drug addict. They're just not going to stop. They, right. they have, you have to, you can't, you can't force a horse to drink the water. No. No, you, you so see there. So uh, there's uh, my my dad's um, close friend who had also died of lymphoma. His name is Paul Chalko. He's the artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he said, you know, for those who get it, no explanation needed, and for those who don't, no explanation possible. Right. You know, for those that get it and they want to make a change, they're going to. Look, right. I, I get it. You know, I. I I'm Cookie Monster in the family. I, I like these foods. They are good. They're delicious. You said the word exactly hyperpalatable before. You know, hyperpalatable just means it tastes delicious. Tastes amazing. They they design the food to be irresistible, meaning you cannot resist it. You can't have just they one. Make it, make There's it, a commercial that it, tells you you can't have just one. The commercial absolutely says it. No. They make it hyper craveable right so once you have it you want more of it mm -hmm. right so you just so they design it in that way they they're actually using modern technology of functional mris and looking at what is stimulating our brain in our reward centers would you say so modern technology looking at uh, mris they're using also classic technology and I, I i don't have a reference for this but i'm sure we could look it up but um Taste buds are harvestable. Like you can pop taste buds out of your tongue and then hit them with different chemicals and see responses in a lab. Right. And so that so that's the thing is that so when people have made these changes, you know, uh, such as you and I or other patients, 
they do end up enjoying other forms of food. Your taste buds do change. Just like a drug addict can enjoy life again. Right. Like it can be enjoyable, like without the cigarettes, it can be enjoyable without the alcohol. It's just a matter of, you know, stepping into that. And, and that's, and that's part of the problem is that you're having Coca-Cola. Well, then when you have water, it just doesn't taste, it doesn't provide that type of pleasure. It provides that same neurological response, but it provides like a sub pleasure response. It's not a normal pleasure response. So like, or you have fruit loops. Well, then fruit doesn't typically provide that satisfaction that you had before. And you have to, because your, your receptors in your brain that provide that satisfaction aren't being stimulated. They're oversaturated and they're downregulated. So they're not, they're not, you're not getting so when you say, I'm just going to, hold on, I'm just going to say, so when you say overstimulated and downregulated, what you mean by that is that the, the pleasure centers are hit so much, you need more and more and more and more to create satisfaction over and over and over. Right. So you're having Big Macs. Right. And then if you were to have, you know, a black bean burger, you know, with, even though it's avocado and you know, and, and has some, you know, Ezekiel whole grain bread, it's just not going to provide the same kind of pleasure. It doesn't hit Because the same it doesn't center. taste good. It tastes like swill. And that's where you have people doing like a water fast, for example, where a little bit of help can be helpful sometimes. It can get people to reset their palate. It can get people to remodel their gut bacteria. Right. They aren't secreting the same compounds that, and, and neurotransmitters that, cause us to crave certain foods, but also affect our mood. So we can, so we are, it's not just in the brain. It's like our whole system and how our body responds. And so there is, so I'm I'm going to process. There is a shift of transitioning. Yeah. So, so there, so when you brought up another thing, you know, affecting the mood, you know, a lot of times people don't get it. Like, you know, like, how does it, how does my food affect my mood? Um, And the easiest one that I typically say is, well, have you ever heard the term hangry? Oh, I, 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 okay. I get what I'm hungry. I'm angry, but it's just, you can affect your mood with any sort of foods coming in Mm -hmm. because it affects the overall resting tone of the gut and the brain. Yeah. And I've even heard it taken to a whole other level of like being hangry. Like isn't really isn't really true hunger, you know. It those are actually withdrawal Craving. symptoms, just like someone would get irritable if they needed their cigarette. It might manifest in different ways, you know, being hungry. But some of these withdrawal symptoms that people have, and they say that they suffer from hypoglycemia, um, they very well might have like a vasovagal response where they're going to pass out as if they were having a low blood sugar response, but it's, it's oftentimes a, a withdrawal right. symptom. Um, a true, lo- true low their body blood is sugar. craving those foods. Yeah. Someone who's a true hypoglycemic, they'll, they'll experience hypoglycemia symptoms during eight hours of sleep. If they're like a true physiological hypoglycemic where they're not able to manage their own blood sugar, they're going to get it 
you know, if they ate the last meal at 7 p.m., they don't eat again until 7 a.m., that's a 12-hour window. Someone who's got a really bad hypoglycemia problem can experience problems in between then. It's not the person who's like, oh my gosh, I got to get a, a bag of French fries. I'm going to pass out. I'm so hungry. Right. So you, so you hear a lot about that where people saying, well, my body needed this or needed that, like where you hear about people having, right? I think Miley Cyrus, she had salmon one night and then she felt great. And, and it gets misconstrued of like, well, that's what my body needs. I think that there's a lot we don't know. Um, right. I think that but for some people, it's just a testament to just how kind of sick and imbalanced they are. Right. You know, it, it, it might not manifest with high blood pressure, or high cholesterol or, or diabetes, but it's manifesting in other ways that really aren't defined by modern medicine because there really isn't a pill for it. <laughs> there isn't right. a surgical intervention for it. So it kind of falls into this wastebasket diagnosis right. where some alternative practitioners or other, not alternative, just other forms of healing modalities, naturopathic medicine and chiropractic and functional medicine doctors might take that on, you know, and, right. and then, and kind of fall into a very similar model of doing a lot of blood tests and then saying, well, you're not going to take, there aren't prescription drugs, but we have all these other kind of natural things called supplements right. that, you know, it's just like a sidestep. You can't supplement your way out of addiction. You can't supplement your way out of addiction. And the other thing too, that I'll get a lot of pushback is like, well, how can I be addicted to a food? But if you think about food gives pleasure and you can get addicted to video games because they're giving you pleasure. You can get addicted to drugs because they're, they're giving you pleasure. You can get addicted to cigarettes because they're giving you pleasure. All of these chemical stimuli and emotional stimuli that come in that can create addiction why can't we become addicted to some other substance that creates an emotional and chemical stimuli, just like a food, and create an addiction? It's the same thing. Right. It's continued use despite knowing it's causing you harm. Right. And we, and we all, as human beings, I guess, have addiction as a, as a society. You know, I've right. heard an in, interesting uh, TED Talk talking about how we're kind of addicted to sitting as a society. So many right of the equipment, so much of the equipment, the machines that we use, just everything is all right. around just sitting. And you see some of those things kind of breaking away where you have like these treadmill desks, standing desks. And, mm -hmm. But so much of we're sitting in the car, we're sitting in the plane, we're just always sitting. Yeah. Um, and then uh, some societies where they don't necessarily have all the chairs, they squat and they're getting up. There are just the we're in the matrix. It's hard to we're addicted to, to to sometimes work. We're addicted to sometimes sometimes sports. Sometimes it could be all different things. And then there are things that really wreak havoc on people's lives, where they'll lose function in society. Right? They're, they'll, they'll they'll gamble to the extent that right. they'll ruin their lives. They'll eat food to the point that it ruins their lives. They'll have sex to the point where it's ruining their lives because right. we're all interconnected and having relationships with people. We're not alone. Um, and these things can kind of isolate us. And, and it's interesting though, how the dynamic of food, you know, does play into, you know, a healthcare system model, a economical model, 
and even to our ecosystem mm -hmm. and how, and even to the idea of like the bacteria and even this pandemic with the coronavirus and how it manifested right. from zoonotic transmission, meaning it happened from animal consu human consumption of animals in these right. markets and these wet markets. The act of farming and consuming animals brings virus about. The, the foods that we crave are mass produced and we're destroying the planet to right. mass produce these foods. Um, and then there's all these like, you know, marketing tactics and tools you know, right. where, where, where they're even where organic was formed, I believe was, was developed over at the Rodale Institute in Pennsylvania. Are we frozen? Right. Uh, no, 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 and, we're, good, um, we're good. Yeah, and even like the term like organic has, you know, been uh, um, exploited and uh, where it's, it doesn't have the same meaning where they're actually using the term regenerative, like right. regenerative organic, without another tier. So I, oh, you know what, you froze up a little bit there. I'm not so sure what's going on with you. But um, an area you, of the rainforest. You are, you're, you're free, now? you're, yeah, you're I, I a little said, bit better um, now. I said, um, I said, I said they have another tier to organic called regenerative organic. That's right. coming. So it's more of a, more of a, um, a whole. Yeah, think about that. Well, it's, it's something that, you know, is, is, um, is not causing, uh, like the carbon footprint on the planet is right. the same. So I was going to say, like you have, you cut down the rainforest and you have all these palm trees to grow our palm oil. Right. You know, so you have this organic, you know, processed, you know, vegan food that has palm oil in it. And it's like, what, they sanctioned off like a piece of like the rainforest. Right. And then that eventually is going to cause some degree of global change. And then that's going to cause more um, right. hurricanes somewhere. It's going to change. The but it's organic though. But it's organic and gluten-free. Yeah. It's organic, though, yeah. right? And it's just, and it's it's misleading, um, and yeah. it comes in its plastic wrapping and and. Uh, so that is so that I mean, there's a bit you know I, I I'm you know I'm a tree blowing. hugger. <laughs> yeah, I'm a tree hugger. You know, my undergraduate degree was in environmental biology, so I like. But a lot of people don't really care so much about the environment external as much as they care about themselves. And I just want to get back to the idea that. <clears throat> the food really is an addiction and to treat it as anything less than an addiction is really not doing a, a, a service because we can't stop food. We can stop drinking alcohol. We can stop smoking crack. We can stop, um, you know, uh, being a sex addict, Like there are certain things that we can stop, but we can't stop eating. So that your approach to treating food as an addiction has to be different from our approach to stopping alcohol. Right. A challenge. So I don't know, you keep freezing up and it's not, uh, um, it's not because I don't think you have right. anything to say. Well, I have um, five bars. One, two, three, four, five bars. What kind of the, uh, the prolon bars? No, on the on the Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, I don't know. I don't know. It, I mean, it could be me. It could be like my network. You know, I could be 
you know, you know, satisfying somebody else's uh, Wi-Fi need. Yeah. Well, right now you're not freezing at all. Right now it's perfect. When you when you okay. stop saying important things, you stop freezing. Right. You just hear that. Can you hear me now? Yeah, they, I can hear. <laughs> That's the only part That's that we a, hear. That always goes through. So I'll I tell you. Going to say, yeah. I was going to just say that the plant, the planetary health thing is like, just what's good for you is also good for the planet. Right. Right. And you and you froze again because you started talking about something important. Um. So yeah. <laughs> It's really quite funny how that happens. So yeah, what is good for you is good for the planet. And what isn't um, good for the planet might not be good for you either. But you can at least, you know, two birds with one stone or two rutabagas with one stone. You know, um, right. You, know, and it, you don't something. have to do it because it's good for the planet. It's going to be good for you. And if it's good for you, it's going to be good for the planet because we're not right. separate from it. So you don't have no. to have some, you know, uh, earth-friendly vegan rhetoric or environmental oh. rhetoric to, to be doing this is right. just by default because you're living in alignment with taking care of yourself and if you're taking care of yourself you're part of this collective right. whole like eating less bacon so, reduces sewage runoff in north carolina Right. And the carbon footprint for that. And just the, right. the so there's a, there's a humanitarian aspect to it. There's an right. environmental aspect to it. But there's a, a personal health aspect to it. it. It's all the same thing, an athletic yeah. performance aspect. Um, so it's something that just makes so, so much sense. But there's a lot of um, personal choice. Right. Been put forth. And, uh, um, and, and it doesn't necessarily always work for everyone. Because right. it's, because it's complicated how some people are sick. I mean, you have like Jordan Peterson and Michaela Peterson, that are you know uh, carnivores. Right. She, I, I listened to her talk. I mean, she she tried to she had an elimination diet. She, that's what works for her. But for some reason, she's just has gotten to a tipping point and is so sick. I mean, I couldn't right. I couldn't imagine if she was wasn't exposed to just the modern day environment and was living in Costa Rica and grew up on mangoes, right. you know, and bananas and, 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 and a farm to table garden lifestyle like, that she would have necessarily developed all of her, her autoimmune disease. Not everyone can live right. in Costa Rica. Um, we can also make an argument too, that, you know, we're, we're not really built for that, but you know, the, I know that David Attenborough had that um, experience where he met, a hunter and gatherer society back in like 1950, 1940. It was one of the last ones available on the earth. Although we've seen hunter gatherer societies for hundreds of years through their different research, but they tend to eat mostly fruits and vegetables. They're very, very opportunistic carnivores because it's hard to catch meat. It's hard to catch an animal, even with a gun. You don't always come home with a with a prize. But could you imagine you're running around with a stick? Right. Um, yeah. I mean, right. I mean, I'm no anthropologist, you know. And, no. and I just and, saw a David Attenborough special. Yeah, and I think that there's there's a lot of you can go back and forth with it, you know. And and why is that that someone who's just eating, you know, specifically a particular kind of meat, you know, that it seems to just work for them? Um, right. It goes against a lot of like the science. That would suggest otherwise. Um, 
you know, do they feel better? Is there improved longevity? You know, are there risks for other things? I mean, so I don't think that, that, the, that I think that um, all you could do is take the best available evidence. And a lot of the evidence <laughs> points towards, you know, more whole natural plant-based foods. Right. And less emphasis on processed, processed and animal-derived foods. Yeah. And um, I think that it becomes very hard to to uh, maneuver through like the quality of where that meat is coming from. Right. And but the same thing with animal toxins. It's it's not as it's none of it's black and white, and it becomes like a um, a futile debate. I think going back and right. forth with people. I'll tell you a, a story about me. So I, you know, I, of course, you know, I've not always been a uh, interested in my the foods that I'm taking in, even after, you know, I was practicing, working with patients, I would eat horribly. I could remember, this is, it's got to be at least 15, probably 20 years ago, I would go to McDonald's and I would get four uh, bacon double cheeseburgers. And, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I'm so good. And I would eat the first one and halfway or two thirds of the way through the second one, I was already feeling more than full. I mean, it was like, it was, it was enough already, but I would still finish the next two burgers for all four to be, to be eaten because I needed that craving. I needed that craving to be satisfied. It was hitting that bliss point. It was, it was hitting, hitting that, that bliss point. point. It was like, it was so great. And I mean, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't using drugs. I wasn't drinking. I wasn't, but I was using another drug and it was called Mickey D and, um, you know, I was able to get it on the street and it was, you know, it was like, oh my gosh, I need my, I need my Mickey D and the it was fantastic. Diet. Yeah. And it was, and I would go there. Usually I'd go work out, you know, I do about a, a two hours of martial arts and a really intensive class and feel like, oh my gosh, I can, I deserve this. And then the days that I wouldn't go to McDonald's, I would typically go to um, Dairy Queen and get a blizzard. Right, which I don't even know was any better or worse. It was just a different pleasure center that was being stimulated. With Oreos and peanut butter cup. Yeah, I would get that one. That was good. Heath Bar was usually my go-to. Mm -hmm. And DQ, David Cortell. DQ, like it hit, like it really worked on you multiple get it for free? levels. I wouldn't ever get it for free, but I would gladly have paid double because of the, you know, the the, the response that I would get from it, and I, I just wasn't able to get that high from anything else other than, you know, other than the food. And I was slim, I was in shape, I had great stamina, I could run, I looked good. Like there was nothing about me that said I was doing wrong except for right. the billions and billions of data points that all said, oh my gosh, you're killing your body from the inside out, um, you know, from right. studies and you know, research. But I, you know, it's easy to ignore that if you choose to ignore it. Right. Yeah. All right. So that's our little rant about process and unprocessed. <laughs> that is a little rant about process. All right. So um, the um, anything else you want to add? No. I mean, there are lots of books written about this. There are. There really that articulate are. it quite beautifully. Yeah. You know, I'll tell Michael you. Michael Moss. You I believe Michael Moss, I believe, has one. You know, the, um, the, the Super Size Me movie. Sure. You know, it does that nicely if you like to watch. Yeah, and N of one. And N of one. Yeah, I mean, one. he really drives it home. Yeah, yeah. You never saw him. that. No, it's 
supersizing. Oh, Joe, the supersizing. Oh, yeah, just end of one. Okay, yeah, he is one. Sure, you know, and the chicken movie he did was good. Did you see the chicken one? I didn't see that. I think I saw like the beginning of it. Yeah, it's good. It shows like how bad chicken is too. Right. Well, they say that the chicken is, you know, has a, a large amount of sodium in it as well. Yeah. As well as bread, it's a high high source of sodium. They inject it with sodium to retain more fluid and weigh more, so they can sell it more. Right. It increases the risk of lymphoma. In the Epic Panacea study, where they had tens of thousands of people in Europe just looking at their risk for cancer and following the foods that they consume, so it's it's one of those studies that get um, that get discredited because it wasn't a double-blind randomized controlled trial, but it's looking at trends of thousands of people like looking at where there's smoke right might be fire and but one of the things that was that that chicken was associated with weight loss oh excuse me with weight gain oh with weight gain all right weight okay. gain. no weight loss yeah. yeah people always say well i eat clean i eat my greek yogurt and i eat chicken yeah. i eat and, chicken but, I eat but chicken is associated for whatever reason associated with weight gain Really? with weight gain in that epic study i found that interesting yeah that is it is delicious increased though, risk can- increased risk of cancer yeah people don't necessarily think that and it's hard it's hard for people just like you know we know what to do but we don't always do what we know right and it really takes like habit formation and a choice to to wanting to make that change and and, and shifting gears whether people are raised that way Look, I mean, uh, it was Halloween yesterday. I couldn't, couldn't like, you know, don't have the dynamics, you know, where my wife, who's a medical doctor, yeah, understands what perhaps what I understand to a lesser degree, and a lesser degree because she doesn't want, she doesn't want, doesn't expose herself to the information as much as I do, but despite that doesn't say okay let's not have this in the house right because it's delicious and the kids want it yeah and so she 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 uh i guess buckles to the the societal pressures right you know um you know and there's so many you know so and that's just the way it is and 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 that's where you just got to lead by example yeah I went. I was at a Halloween party last night, and um, you know there were chicken wings, Swedish meatballs. There was some sort of beef casserole there. Um, I ended up eating the coleslaw, which I found was you know nobody else wanted the coleslaw, and I waited like I didn't want to eat it all. It was a big bowl, but I'm like, all right, nobody's eating. And then the um, then the chicken had mayo in it. It did, but I like I couldn't eat the Swedish meatballs. I couldn't eat the uh, the hamburger casserole. Like I you know I was hungry. I wanted you know. And, right. You know the food is a social hangry. I was getting a little hangry, and then with the wings, the nobody even unwrapped the celery and uh, and uh, carrots. So like I waited a little bit because I knew that I was going to be so I you know unwrapped the celery and I'm eating the celery and the carrots and um, you know there were a couple of patients there that I didn't expect to see while I was dressed up in yellow tights as Bruce Lee, and uh, <laughs> which was a little you know like hey. I didn't know you were going to be here. So, yeah, it was a little off. I won best costume. Oh, great. Yeah, that was good. That was good. 
Yeah, I didn't know there was a party. That's nice. That's fine. Yeah, it was a big. Yeah, it was a big. Uh, my friends throw a big Halloween party every year. They're very much into it. I mean, we social distance outside. You know, although it ended up going inside. Face mask. Yeah, not as many face masks. I'd like, there was even somebody there Florida. who was saying, like, "Yes, yeah, Florida." It's, uh, there was a guy there who was like, "Look, I know that this didn't come from the monkeys." I mean, not the monkeys, the bats. I know this didn't come from the bats because it was made in a lab and it was done on purpose and it was it was uh, made in China to uh, destroy the United States. And I was like, well, I mean, maybe, but I don't know. The evidence does show it, uh, you know, nonetheless, it was a, it was a yeah. party. Right, whatever you choose board. to believe. We're, yeah. we're, all, we're all sheep. Right, and so, the, you know, this same thing, you can choose to believe that the hamburger casserole and the the fried chicken wings and the uh, the the turkey sub with deli meat are not going to cause health span and lifespan problems in forty years. You can choose to believe that because the evidence isn't there. Yeah, none the of it makes you it bulletproof. None of it makes you bulletproof. Oh. I mean, stuff happens. I mean, all all these healthy um, or. Oh yeah, you know what? You have something super interesting to say, and then you just froze up again. Eventually, I said it doesn't make you bulletproof. No, it doesn't. Yeah, you know what? Just real quick, I'm going to show you the uh, the winning costume there. Great. <laughs> Great. I yeah. Love it. Yeah. I don't. Uh, it was. <laughs> it was pretty. It was pretty good. I just got. I just got that text a minute ago. Like, I'll, I'll share that. <laughs> So everyone yeah. was dressed up, but they loved yours, huh? Yeah, mine was a bit, and I had some pretty good competition. And you know, my son Jacob, he won. He won second place. Was um, he Bruce Lee too? No, he won as a gangster, and he he was really good. And the consensus was he would have won first place had I not provided such a smile factor with my like. Who in the right mind would show up in fairly skin tight yellow tights as a fifty year old man? With a big wig on and throwing nunchucks around. So, <laughs> so he, so so he, so Jacob was at the party too. Yeah, Jacob was at the party. Yeah, it's a, yeah, okay, it's a, nice. you know, it yeah, family party. A, okay, cool. Family party. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah, and I mean there were Very a lot good. of people drinking, and you know, and then you know the alcohol. What was the inhibition? And then there were you know everybody's eating all the candy, and you know I'm I'm not going to say I'm a teetotaler. I had you know two or three pieces of chocolate. You know the I was the so smallest tempted. ones I could find. And it's delicious. It really, really is. And, you know, I don't get thrown back into that addiction like an alcoholic who has one beer might, you know, go down a real slippery slope. I can pull myself out. But at the same time, you know, I, I'm going to feel, I know, like I already don't feel as great as I ordinarily would. Like there was a lot of the mayo and the, uh, the coleslaw and a couple of pieces of chicken. I did have, you know, a beer last night. I had one beer. So, you know, and it, it's going to affect my intestinal flora. I can, I can feel that, you know, when we were talking yesterday with Bart about, you know, upsetting the apple cart, that when the apple cart's balanced, you really feel as soon as that apple cart spills. But once it's spilled and it's a mess, you don't feel the cleaning up or the messiness of it. So I'm going to, you know, it'll be until Tuesday. One of my one of my favorite songs from Nathaniel Rateliff. He says, he "says you roll around in your shit long enough, you don't stink." You know. 
yeah. You know, you don't understand. Like, I, you know, I ate the, the cheeseburgers and the uh, Dairy Queen enough that I didn't know that it was causing me a problem. You know, we're just kind of doing this, you know, documenting right now. Right? We have to just get in the habit of doing. But then we wanted to try and go over what we wanted to do for week two. All right, right? so let's do this. We so, want to yeah, go so, over, we want to so go over gonna, that stuff. Yeah, so I'm gonna, what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop this recording, and then I'll just set up Why? a new one. I'll just set up another one, because I, I, I like this one as a standalone for, okay. um, you know, for the concepts we hit. So let right. me hit stop. Right. Hi, hope you enjoyed the podcast. And remember, reach out to us at drqlongevity at gmail.com. Find us on social media at DRQ Longevity or look us up on our website, qlongevity.com. We have programs for everybody, including a lot of great free information to help you improve the way you look, feel, function, lose weight, have greater longevity and better health span. See you next time.